Hello, and welcome to the Meltdown City Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Allie. This podcast is about getting unstuck out of your comfort zone and changing things up, all while not taking yourself too seriously, or us either. Come laugh, get inspired, and have fun. Thanks for listening. Damn, you look like a badass. You kind of remind me of like Howard Stern and his like, can you see me? No, I can't see you. Can you um there? Oh, there you are. I'm here. Oh my god, I miss your face. <laughs> it's rosy. I got all that sun. Oh, that's so good. Oh my god, you guys were in thank god the sun is shining. We're doing this thing. Yeah, so we wanted to start off by talking about the upside of COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> Because there is, there's been some interesting ups. Yeah. We don't want to talk necessarily about all the downs, but we'll I mean, get to it. There's a couple. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Just a couple. <laughs> the downside of a pandemic. Yeah. Oh my God. But, but, well, uh, we can start by saying it's fucking beautiful in Seattle and the sun <gasps> is shining. Oh my God. Oh, it's so gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, so people can walk, you know, walk. They don't have to touch anybody. They can keep their six feet away, but go out and enjoy the sun. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. There have been so many people that have been out and walking. If you didn't know it, you wouldn't have any idea that there was like this thing A going on. A global pandemic happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird because it's almost like your mind visually doesn't really un- understand like what's happening. But, but really, truthfully... Everyone's out and about because they 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 can be. Everyone's working from home. Exactly, which which is another upside. Um, no traffic for those of you guys who are having to commute still in. There's no fucking traffic. I know and it's heaven on earth in Seattle because Seattle traffic is terrible. I had to drive somewhere today, and wow, it was like driving in the nineties. <laughs> I mean, oh I my got, god i think i was stoned most of those times when i was driving in the 90s but it was a great time to drive it, even still <laughs> it was a great time to drive oh um what else oh there was something else the free online classes oh yeah there's all these people oh my god everyone's offering online free online classes, including this amazing breath worker lady. She reached out to me and we're hosting um, a free session tomorrow for nurses, uh, which is amazing. And nice. people, people just want to do a lot of goodwill, which is amazing. And, and, and I was, I was going to say it restores my faith in humanity, but I have faith in humanity. So it doesn't need to be restored. I'm a, I'm a, you know, half cup full kind of lady. Yeah. You're an optimist. I am. Born out of the womb. Boop. Yep. Yep. Um, but. What uh, Wait, there's more. There is more. Well, all these. Oh, we were talking. Go, go. Celebrities are also doing, like, everyone's doing all these Insta lives all the time. So there's, like, free yeah. entertainment. Because um, we're all experiencing the same thing. We're all sort of stuck at home and uh, staying indoors and or not, you know, we're doing our social distancing. So it's an interesting time to come together. We're, yeah. We're, we all kind of know what's going on. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, we were talking about how it feels like we've really leveled the playing field. And it reminded me of Ramadan because I feel like that's one kind of religious um, tradition where like people from the kings to the, you know, poor folks on the street are all fasting. And it kind of like collectively brings you together because you're experiencing the same thing. So it's nice to know that Donald Trump got tested. I got tested. Nicole I got Johnson tested. got tested. Like everybody, <laughs> not, not that Donald is a major king in, in anyone's eyes. No. But he yeah. is our president. He is sort of an important figure, whether we like him or not. But um, yeah, it, it definitely brings that sense of community and that we're all in this together. And also... I like, I feel like I've been getting more sleep because I don't have to commute Oh yeah, to work. So I get, get a little extra sleep and then I go on a walk with my kids. Oh, and Alec Baldwin said something really cool that resonated with me. He said, you know, I think this is the universe's way of telling us to slow down mm-hmm. for a moment. And if mm-hmm. that means me staying home from work to be with my family, then I'll take it. Because mm. even though I'm not with them eight hours a day, I'm more facilitating activity, meal, activity, meal, you know, something like that. You're seeing I'm a around. Lot yeah. Yeah. I'm around and I'm here and they get to say hello and peek in on me. And that's special. That feels like a, you know, an okay thing to appreciate and, and take as a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which leads me to my meltdown. <laughs> Wait, before you start with your meltdown, I just yeah. want to say another thing. Um, the I really think this is going to have an impact on our pollution in in the in the world in a global setting. Like if you look at China, and there there was something I was looking at, and it was a sort of a picture of their um, pollution in in the same time last year in 2019. I'm mm-hmm. now, and there's nothing. There's like no visible pollution, and the skies are super blue. And it's, I mean, it's I've you know I think it's going to be huge. Um, It'll be a blessing. I mean, I know it's not, this is not an easy thing. This is something that's going to be hard. And we're, we're right in the beginning of what it's going to be like here in the United States. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, I do like to look for those little. The perks. Silver liners. Silver, silver linings. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, we were talking earlier about how this is going to change the world forever a little bit, you know, like, cause I think once people realize you, you can live differently and interact differently, I think healthcare delivery will change forever. I think that, you know, some of these organizations have been like, shit, you know what guys, it's all virtual care. And they're going to be like, we've been wanting virtual care for years. Why are you even making us come into appointments, you know? And it's like, well, we, we proved it it was possible and we can still take care of you. So, you know, care delivery is going to shift a little bit and a lot Mm -hmm. of other services and how they're delivered are going to shift a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see how this pans out. Mm -hmm. Everything's going to change. I do feel like, you know, we are going to get through this together Mm -hmm. as a nation, as a world. Um, And, It'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. what kind of comes out of it. Oh, you know what I'm doing tomorrow night? I'm having a virtual happy hour. Oh, you are? Friends. Yeah. Do you friends. have the, um, what app are you going to use for that? Or Zoom. Is that an app? Zoom. Nice. Yeah. So I scheduled a Zoom happy hour with those guys that I, um, that we go to the standard brewery place with. So that'll be fun. My- 
my kid does that. He does. He uses this app called House Party, and he basically—it's <laughs> so cool. He basically like video chats with his friends all night now. He's ten, and it's very cool. So I mean, I know there's Zoom for grownups, but there's also House Party for the little kids. Wow! And that sounds fun to me. Having a virtual happy hour tomorrow. What a great wow. idea. Six o'clock. I'm looking up something so I can talk about my meltdown. Oh yeah. Um, oh, and I'm you know I'm communicating a lot with my family, my you know my brother, my sister, uh, Amy, and I have been in a lot of contact, which is great, and my parents. Good. Yeah, yeah I've been doing that too. You got to stay in touch with people and video chat them. And mm-hmm. We call yeah. my mom a couple times a day. I still have to call my dad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've talked on the phone, and yeah. Yeah, it's good to stay in touch. Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys, are you ready for this? I'm, I'm ready. So I don't know if you guys saw the Seattle Times, but I think actually Katie Rebar was the one that I, I saw this posted on her Facebook account. But it was about um, COVID-19 bringing Washington families closer together. And it's this illustration cartoon of this mother hiding in her laundry room with her laptop. <laughs> and the kids, three kids are leaning in on her in the door. And they're like, mom, why are you hiding in the laundry room? I'm working. I have a deadline. But oh we're God. hungry. Have your dad fix lunch. Dad's in the bathroom on a conference call. Okay, eat some candy. We're bored. We want to go back to school. And <laughs> I want to go back to the office. <gasps> I wet my bed. Do I have the virus? So that's really cute because... Right before uh, we got on the conference call, uh, my kids were like in my zone, yeah, like interrupting me. Mm-hmm. And it, I was—that's just my world right now. It's like little interruptions, like putting my calls on mute so that I can address what the kids need, and then going back to my call or whatever. It's been crazy. How do I get back to seeing you now? I don't know. There's a way to. Can you go back to the tap the call? Oh, there you are. Oh, good. Okay. I'm back. But for the most part, like I said, it it hasn't been that bad, but there have been moments where I'm just like, are you freaking kidding me again? Why do you, what could you, what, what's your question, bro? What's your (laughs) question, little sister? What are you bringing me right now? What does I need to attend to? Figure this one out for yourself, can you? Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we're, we're in a tough position though as parents because we're having to do the um, homeschooling somewhat. Trying to do a little bit of it and then, you know, juggling. I don't know how you guys are doing it. It's a little nutty. I've been thinking of all the parents out there with their kids at home. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great kind of back to that point of what Alec Baldwin was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this will be a really special, unique time because I don't think this kind of thing will ever happen again, right? Like everyone, will, I'm assuming, will go back to school next year and. Um, I mean, granted, everything will change, but I don't, they'll never have another time where they're going to just gonna be at home with their parents. For well, don't you th- well, there could be another virus, though. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, <clears throat> it could happen again. But this is this, yeah. the last time this happened was in 1918. So it was over a century ago. Yeah, maybe not in our lifetime. It won't happen right. again. Maybe in their lifetime. Yeah. Let's hope. What was well, yours? What was your meltdown? Well, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about work and I've been at work and, um, 
you know, everything has changed uh, the way that we are rationing supplies. And there's a lot of talk about um, availability of supplies and, and we're going to run out at some point and all this stuff. Um, and so it's kind of this fear of mine that we're going to go to work at some point and we're not going to have the tools that we need to take care of the people, the patients and like to protect ourselves and also to give adequate care. So, you know, that's freaky. Um, I, (laughs) for whatever reason, I, Rob and I decided to watch Outbreak the other night and I loved it. Oh my God. I loved it so much. And and it was so oddly comforting. I don't know why, but like, um, maybe it was cause you know, I just loved Austin Hoffman and as a leader and, and I just needed a, I just needed that kind of tale. I get it. And no, I think that's awesome. And then there was this triumphant thing and I, and you know, <clears throat> seeing everybody in their papper suits and stuff and some, I don't wear the same thing, but like at work, you know, I have worn similar things and I was just like, I know what that's like. And I know what that fear is to be, to think, Oh God, am I going to expose myself? Am I going to bring it home? Am I going to get sick with it? You know, all of those feelings. But, um, after the movie, I just, I just had to let it out, man. I just had to have a good cry because, yeah. you know, we, you know, I am optimistic, but we don't know what the future holds. Um, but I will say that, um, the federal government has decided to up production on masks and get release more emergency supplies and, uh, including ventilators and stuff. So that'll be good. That'll be great. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah. I did have to just cry about it because I was like, oh my God, fuck. I don't, yeah. like, what if I had to go to work and, and wear a bandana around my ma- ma- mouth, my face? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Safe, you know? Uh, yeah. And would I do that? I don't want to be in the position to choose. Mm-hmm. Selfishly, I'll choose myself, but I don't want to mm-hmm. make that decision, you know? Right. No. And you shouldn't have to. And and there's a lot That's of thing. frontline yeah. people who are in your position who are putting themselves in harm's way. And thank you to all of you and hats off to everyone who is a frontliner who is doing patient care and, and helping put this pandemic to rest forever, hopefully. And all the people in the research institutes making vaccines for us in the future. But you're right. I think that's why people need to be smart and ration supplies and um, I think that we're going to have enough of what we need. It might not be, I know we already are kind of in a tough predicament, but I think that they're making probably what we need PPE supplies, protective personal protective equipment as quickly as they possibly can. Totally. So that you don't have to make those terrible decisions. And the bright side, basically people are donating the supplies that they bought in like you know, civilians are donating their, their personal supplies to hospitals to help good. us through, which is yeah. good. Um, yeah. Cause there were some so, overbuyers out there. Come there on, were. let's face it. There were some <laughs> fucking people out there who bought way too many masks and way too much fucking toilet paper. I know. For no I know. reason. I know. So now so guess what? Sales are up on bidets. Woo. That's, yeah. That's, that's even adapting. better for the environment. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, also, Nicole, I think that I've been wanting to watch Outbreak and Contagion because I think what helps people is the comfort of knowing that 
you, you get to see somebody else do, you know, interact in that situation too. And you can, you know, maybe have some ideas of how you can like re- relate to it and react in that a similar situation. So I, I think I totally relate to how comfortable, you know, or like comforting that type of a thing would, would do for you. Yeah. I get it. And you got it all out. I did. I let it out. Good. It's so nice to see your face. (laughs) Thanks, girl. I know we've never done this on video. You look great too. I was telling Nicole, I don't know if you recorded already, but he looked like you reminded me of Howard Stern, like a professional (laughs) DJ with your headset and your sunglasses. You know, I know exactly where you are in your house because I sit across from you most days, but we're being socially responsible and, you know, Zooming for this because um, we're just rule followers. (laughs) As rebellious (laughs) as we make ourselves sound, we're all I know. I was rule followers. I was thinking about that. Like, how in the world did I bring a Playboy to work to school when I was in second grade? (laughs) grade. And and I'm a rule follower. I don't know. know. It makes sense in my mind. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's so cute. <laughs> All yeah. right. To, to the good part. That's right. We want this to be, have this be a little bit of an escape. Yeah. We didn't want to totally talk about COVID the whole time. Right. And we have some good ideas, some really good uh, topics for you. Mm-hmm. So today we're, we're going to talk about four ways to reignite passion in your relationship. Uh, and there was this article that was written by um, psychotherapist and author Esther Perel. You may remember that we did an episode on, about relationships and love and desire last season. And so mm-hmm. it's good and it's fun to talk about relationships. And especially for you, Allie. <laughs> you, lo- you just said last week you love Talking about relationships. I do. I love sex. I love relationships. I love biology and sexual attraction and reproduction and all that shit. For some reason, that's just like my niche. That's my niche. And I love Esther Perel. I've read both of her books. Um, I can't think of their names off the top of my head. Dating in Captivity was one. Right. And then what was the other one? A State of of Affairs? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So that was good. And then we, we were kind of like, then you sent that other article to us about how, how partnerships, even if you're not married, they're, you're still living, some people are still living with someone and how Corona is affecting those relationships. Yeah. So I thought we could start with that one real quick and then do, and then dive and thread it through with the four ways. Well, and, and just to sort of back up, like I know people who are starting to date right now during mm-hmm. this time. And I mean, it's an interesting time to date with somebody because do you social mm-hmm. distance them? How do you, how do you advance? Like, it's just a weird time to, have you seen yeah. those memes about like, I thought I was going to start dating again and nope, sorry. <laughs> I Not haven't now. seen any of those. That's <laughs> funny though. Yeah. They're like, uh, nope, nope, that's not going to work out. Uh, but actually I know some people who are dating and, and think they're working, they're working out, working it out. Yeah. Um, so this they fucking, are- they still fucking. <laughs> That's what I think the truth is. <laughs> we all know that the first three weeks of the relationship, oh. you fucking. <laughs> you fucking. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the hottest time. It is. 
It is because yeah. it's biology. It's telling you to make babies. You must. Exactly. Yeah, you just can't keep your hands off each other. Um, so this woman, her name is Jennifer Senior or Senior. She was, she wrote an op-ed in uh, New York Times on the 16th called Welcome to Marriage During the Coronavirus. And essentially, we're both right. You're both right. Essentially, each partner is going to relate respond differently to whatever is happening. And uh oh, Rufus is going crazy. Just one sec. <laughs> hey, Rob. Rufus. What the hell? So, so we're both right. So we're both right. And essentially, you're going to have those partners that are going to, you know, get overly freaked out. And then you're going to have the one that's not worried at all. Sorry. I'm really out of breath because I ran downstairs and ran upstairs. <sighs> okay. Woo. Or like me and Andrew, like we, we're like the couple on the, on the cover, you know, like we're, uh, we're, we kind of have different opinions about stuff. Like for me, I haven't really enjoyed feeling like, like someone's telling me what to do. <laughs> like somebody's infringing on my my rights, oh, you know, my right. my liberties, right? Because you're you being know, and I don't like that home. shit. Yeah. yeah, don't you tell me what to do? You know, and so I'm like, I think it's just the principle behind the you know thing that makes people want to rebel. You know, right? But when you like think about your rational mind and the good of the people and protecting the elderly and vulnerable, that yeah. makes sense. But still, it doesn't sit well with me. And then Andrew, I mean, actually we can, we can kind of have a dialogue cause we're not really at odds with each other's opinions, but he's more of like, you know, looking at the news way more frequently than me knows a lot more information about it. Um, and he thinks that it, we're just a few weeks behind where Italy is now mm-hmm. and that, and everybody, you know, like these hospitals, we're all doing virtual care. We've all made these amazingly huge shifts to get prepared. And now it's crickets. I don't know if, if your hospital is feeling the same way, but now it's crickets and nobody has anything to do and people are like losing their jobs and yeah. all the shit, like we're shutting down and it's like, okay, where's this tsunami of, you know, patient care that we need to handle? It's, yeah. I hope it's actually coming and that it's, you know, but then again, it's like, I don't really hope it's coming. I hope no. that we f- flatten the curve like we said we were going to do mm-hmm. and we can go back to fucking normal, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I don't even know if we'll be able to go back to normal. Right. So it's that like all the, you know, trajectory of thought mm-hmm. that couples are talking about. Yeah. We, Rob and I are on the same page mostly about mm-hmm. like our experience. Like he's, neither of us are essentially, we're just trying not to panic and we're just mm-hmm. trying to be prepared and just, you know, trying to not like absorb everything that's being thrown at us via the media. But, you know, partners, some partners, whoever you may be at home with might be totally reacting completely opposite to you. And that might be a hard and good time to break up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, it is, it's a, it's probably a good test. Yeah. Everybody's got their own opinion and, and there are so many different ways of looking at this and, 
You just have to take a deep breath and be compassionate and remember that stress affects people differently and be kind to each other. Yeah. Sometimes you got to feel your feelings. This is going to maybe make people anxious. All right. Okay. Anyway, let's talk about Esther Perel and not taking each other for granted. Ooh. For the tips. Right. Because you want to, so four ways to reignite your passion in your relationship. I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. I've been in a relationship for 15 years mm-hmm. and you've been in one for 10. Yeah. It's a lot different from maybe 11 even. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Are we going on 16 years? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, but anyway, a, a relationship in the beginning is very different from when you like when you're in it for the long haul. Yeah. Some really great stuff about having a relationship like that, right? Um, because mm-hmm. there's the intimacy. Yeah, emotional intimacy and um security and comfort. Mm-hmm. But what can often go to the wayside is like mm-hmm. is the passion. Mm-hmm. So how and do desire. Oh, desire. Yeah. 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 Right. What is desire conjures freedom, excitement, and adventure. Avenger. <laughs> adventure. <laughs> says Esther Perel. And she says that during her many years as, as a therapist, I frequently encountered this complaint. Couples love each other, but their sex life, sex lives have become rot, tedious and devoid of eroticism. So we want to figure out like how to, how to spark it up. And curiosity is a key of erotic is a key erotic element as it keeps us interested in ourselves and our partner. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and I think one of our first lessons is, is the uh, make sure, make a list of 10 things that you do to turn yourself on. So it's not like your partner's job to do all the work, right? Right. Um, you have and, to take responsibility I'm, for your own desire. And I watched this great goop lab. I, I'm going to admit it. I, I don't know how I feel about Gwyneth Paltrow. She's wicked hot, but sometimes she annoys the hell out of me. But I still watch her goop lab. And one of her, and it's on Netflix, and she watched this one, or she did this one all about the female orgasm and the vulva. And she basically was, I don't know if she was the first woman to film another woman masturbating on camera to full climax. Wow. Um, but it was very interesting. Uh, I mean, obviously you're glued um, to it, but it's, <laughs> it was like, it was like learning how to pleasure yourself and how, oh my gosh, it's so important for women to know how to masturbate and take care of themselves because you're not going to have a super great sex life with another partner until you know how your own body works and what your own body likes. That was kind of the message of that show. And I feel the same way. Yeah, so do I. Um, well said, well stated. Thanks. So some of the ideas of like, or you want to make sure that you can identify 10 things that turn you on. Like, for example, I turn myself on when I go dancing or when I remember a sexy encounter or I, you know, for me, I like to listen to music and like edgy music. And I think, oh, that's exciting. Like I've been listening a lot to Queens of the Stone Age and that's been awakening my desire. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So you want to put yourself in situations like that too. Like when you find your partner the most attractive, like I remember her talking about how when my husband is up in front of people doing a speech and he can really command the room, 
You know, when you see them kind of in their own element, doing yeah. the things that, you know, find, make you, that turn you on the most about your partner. Yeah. The other is, number two, is don't wait for chance. Plan sex in advance. Okay, so this one I've had the hardest time in my marriage with. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like, you know, you think about how sex should be spontaneous and sh- sex should just, you know, just happen. But like, it's not the same. It's not the same, you know, the way that things work. And so the truth is, is that you have to take time to, to make it, to plan it and put it on the calendar, right? Yeah. I mean, I, guess. I see what you're saying though. What is, what does uh, Esther say about that? How do how do you keep the spontaneity, but know that it's going to like make it a priority at the same time? So she said committed sex is premeditated sex. It is willful and intentional. You have to put mm-hmm. effort towards making time for creativity and plan, planning the intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, because we, you know, we have to plan all kinds of things down to, she says, lemon zest, the herbs, whatever it is when you're like making pasta, but without the planning, you, you can't put it together. Right. So you, you, you expect to have sex happen at a moment's notice, but it's not really, it's not really reality mm-hmm. when you're yeah. when you've been with them for a long time. So yeah. he just says you have to plan for it and you know, yeah. and that's okay. Oh man. I really sounded reticent with that and that's okay. But you know, it's okay. It's just different. It is. I mean, I think that how my husband and I deal with that is that we did, we really do. We, we kind of have our own little rhythm and I, I'm not going to tell everybody on air what our rhythm is, but um, once we get that to that point of a couple days after that, we're angry. I am, especially he's much more calm, but I'm like, we need to do it. I'm going to start getting pissed off at you about every little thing. Yeah. You know, cause, and we have our rhythm, but, um, so we just kind of know it's like a, you know, timing thing. And I, and I don't want to bring it up because I don't want other people to compare themselves to, you know, any yeah. couple right. because every couple is totally different and totally. everybody has their own rhythms and their own needs. And you need to listen to what your relationship is telling you to do. Um, but yeah, we get really cranky and we just kind of know like, okay, this needs to happen by Wednesday. And then we'll just make an effort to make sure that the kids are in bed and that we have a chance, you know, and that we're, we never say no to each other. You know, we, that's another nice thing. It's like when, when you're getting approached, you gotta be willing, you gotta be down for that, you know, because it's so wonderful. I mean, I think everybody who's an adult, who's in a happy relationship knows how, how wonderful it is to, to just feel so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And don't lose that. Don't lose like the, the one hold, precious hold joy on to in it. life <laughs> called that orgasm. <laughs> well, one thing that we've been doing differently in the past probably six months is we've been like, Rob's been coming home in the middle of the day for a lunch date. Yeah, the um, afternoon delight. Right. How's that That's song nice. going? Skyrockets in flight. <laughs> Afternoon delight. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> that is it. I don't know. I think that's, I think it. that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I, I I get that. I think that that's where you. That's kind of the sweet spot, Nicole. Like that. Like he. It's like a new thing, you know. But it, yeah. you know, 
it's kind of spontaneous. So it kind of mm-hmm. keeps that vibe yeah. that you're looking for. Yeah. It's like, but you also know you? what's going to happen. Mm, right. Yeah. Ooh, you're not, you're not supposed to be home right now. No. And then you're going to get out of here. Get on back to work. Goodbye. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Rule number three or lesson suggestion number three is remember that you don't own your partner. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like, um, we think that we know everything about our partners and that we've got it all down and that we, that we, we know what their thoughts are, but we don't. No, we don't. No, this was a big one for me. I remember, um, we used to go through little patches where we wouldn't speak. And I was like, Oh, I fucking hate him. He's not speaking to me right now. And there was this John Prine song that I love. And there's a line in this song that's like, how can two people go to work in the morning and come home in the evening and have nothing to say? You know, it's like, where do you, how fucking terrible is your relationship? We, we just don't even speak anymore. Mm. You have nothing but logistical things to talk about, like groceries and you know, what do you I have for know, lunch today? Yeah. Or, or not even, you don't talk about each other or care about what each other ate. That's, that's actually a step in the right direction, I think. But <laughs> I mean, when it's pure logistics and you just like hate the, you know, there's no flirting, there's no texting to check in on how each other's doing. Yeah. What would Chad for lunch is nice. But I think that those are the dangerous times. And when I used to, you know, think about, I don't know, I just kind of, I flip. Uh, something flipped in my mind when I realized that I didn't own my husband and this marriage might not last forever, mm-hmm. you know, and then I better fucking stop taking him for granted, you know, because I, I might be thinking really negative thoughts about him, but he's also most likely thinking negative thoughts about me. If that's mm-hmm. the case. And then we just need to make way more of an effort. And I think that when you communicate that need, that's when things can start to get better. Right. Esther says, recognizing our partner's sovereignty can ignite eroticism because we are recognizing their separateness from our lives. It's like, oh, they're their own person. Their That's own the thoughts. And, you know, she always talks about curiosity, you know, what mm-hmm. we won't ever really know. I mean, I, there are lots of things I think that Rob has no idea that I thought about. Oh, yeah. Right. So. And vice versa. Oh, yeah. And that's when it becomes scary is like, holy shit. (laughs) I just watched also, I just watched Hall Pass. I don't know how many of you guys have seen that movie. It's with um, Owen Wilson and um, Christina Applegate and Jason Sudeikis and Jenna from The Office. Oh, uh it's a really cute movie. And it's about that same concept. Like, why don't you just give your husband what he thinks he wants and see how he does with it. So the girls give the guys a hall pass for a week and neither of them could get laid. And then, but they think it's so glorious. They think it's uh-huh. going to be this freaking fuck. Rumspringer. Rum <laughs> yeah. And it's harder than they thought. They're not any good at flirting. No, you know, and it's the same for women though. You know, there's plenty of women who want out of their marriage for a week. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But it was a it was a funny little movie. That's funny. Yeah. I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, it's an oldie but goodie. And sort of on this take of we don't own our partner, try to see them with fresh eyes. So 
love is an exercise in selective perception. She says novelty is the ability to let the unknown in and even in the, the, the midst of the familiar, you know, I try to see like, Oh, today Rob was leading a meeting at home and, you know, he's in charge, take charge, you know, in command. And he's the, you know, big man in his office. I mean, he's the owner of and the principal architect of his firm. Right. Yeah. So it's just kind of fun to see him in his element. Yeah. And now he's out making a campfire. So, I mean, mm. Sexy. Mm. sexy. Yeah. For sure. But if we can see our partners with fresh eyes, it can increase this uh, curiosity and desire, which is what is sort of cultivates that passion. Exactly. Because I think desire is to want and to love is to have. Right. So once you have something, you feel settled in it, you possess it, you own it, you don't you have feel to try safe. anymore. Yeah. Safety, security, security which is right. completely it's- opposite of what desire is and what like ultimately brings you to this other person is this not knowing, this uncertainty, this trying to figure it out, this, you know, fire, sex, puzzle, you know, that's all the the stuff that ignites the fire from the beginning. But once you transition into love, you kind of snuff out all of the qualities that made it fun. So yeah. that's our job to not snuff it out. Don't snuff it out. I mean, and eventually at some point we're going to all be able to go out again, but like I, I loved being able to go out with Robin and sort of have those um, moments where you're like, you know, locked in conversation and, and really enjoying one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a nice feeling. Or even just the, you know, when you're interacting in a larger group of people or at a bar or whatever, you, there's just so much more energy around you and you're noticing, oh, geez, that's, is somebody like Look, hitting on my husband or interested yeah. in me or oh, that was, did he see that? That was awkward. Right. You know, and there's that kind of that power of the third element. It kind of draws the two together because there's that fear of like the third ending. Right. Can you talk about the third for a minute for those that maybe didn't listen to last year's episode? I don't know if I can, maybe you can more articulately, but it's just this, this notion that, well, they kind of talked about different couples in different situations. Like, so this one guy liked it when his wife would get hit on because it made him feel like he had a hot piece of ass, you know, and he was lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, he felt really lucky. So it was just kind of like couples on different takes on how, because some couples will feel really threatened. Like, right. I don't want my wife to go out with a co a male coworker because they might be interested in each other, which actually might actually be just fine. For your relationship. Right. And you can take all that energy and put it into your marriage. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, or, and then people will use that to their advantage and be like, I actually like it when my wife goes out with like a coworker who's of the opposite sex, because she always comes home and knows that, you know, um, gosh, she had the chance to go out with somebody else, but she ended up coming home to me. And that's mm-hmm. what I like about it. You mm-hmm. know, like, she had a chance to look at the other side and see if the grass was greener and she decided it wasn't and she came back to me. And yeah. that's what I liked. So it's just this notion that there's actually a third element always involved in the relationship, whether you acknowledge it verbally or talk about it openly or not, that kind of keeps the two together. 
Right. And it, it um, also signifies our independence and, and that we as, as individuals in, our, in a couple or in a relationship, we will always be independent beings where no one's reading our thoughts. Like we, mm-hmm. you know, it sort of, it empowers us, I think. Right. It's kind of, it goes to that point of we're sovereign beings or remember you don't own your partner. Like there may be some sexual attraction there. You know, that might resonate for a while or might linger on. But I mean, I think it's really up to the couple and the individual to know when it's appropriate to turn that on and off. Yeah. Wow. Well, wow. That was a juicy one. It was. I just want to recap that the four things that Esther Perel said, make a list of 10 things you to turn yourself on. These are four ways to reignite <laughs> your passion. Okay. Don't wait for a chance. Plan sex in advance. Number three was remember you don't own your partner. Number four, trying to see your partner with fresh eyes. Voila. Voila. Magic. That's relationship magic right there. Yeah. Check out Esther Perel. Yeah. Uh, check out her books. Yeah. Now that you have all this time. Oh, too, shit. Called Where do we begin? Oh, and it's about how she talks about like a lot of her couples therapy that she's done. Oh, cool. It's very interesting. That is interesting. Well, on that note, do we do want to wrap it up? Yeah. Adios, folks. Yeah. We'll see you next time. I'm excited to see what happens in a week's time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, everything's changing day by day. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys. a great episode for you. You be safe out there in your social distancing world. And uh, we're thinking of you. Yeah. We love you. Take care. Peace out. Okay. Peace out. Thanks for tuning in today. Please follow us on Instagram at Meltdown City Podcast or on Facebook at Meltdown City Podcast, or you can follow us on Twitter at Meltdown City Pod. Come check out our website, MeltdownCityPodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on wherever you listen to our podcasts. You can email us at MeltdownCityPodcast at gmail.com for any stories, suggestions, or comments, and we'll read them on the air. Thanks for listening.